You've been making reports on me since the beginning, Scully. Taking your little notes. Mulder, you're sick. You're not thinking straight. I'm on your side. You know that. Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And today we are talking Season 2, Episode 25, (sighs) Adasazi. This episode aired May 19th, 1995. It is a story by David Duchovny and Chris Carter, and it is a teleplay by Chris Carter. And it was directed by R.W. Goodwin. And it is, of course, the season two finale. Mm-hmm. Um, we made it. Yes. We made it to the we season made two finale. I really like this episode. I, I figured you wouldn't, but I really liked it. I, uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that bad. Okay. Um, I liked good. it. You'd yeah. love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it definitely has um, some faults that we will talk about later for sure, especially one point yes, in particular, yes. the name of the episode, really. But... Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't mind it that much. Um yeah, we've got a great Scully outfit in it and Yes. Gorgeous. They're really stepping up their game. They are. Um it's really it's not that bad. I think it for mythology, it sets stuff up a bit more interestingly than some of the others. Yeah, so about <laughs> uh w- well, one thing I learned looking up some information about it is so like mm-hmm. so the episode's title comes from of course later in the episode, um Albert Hosting is talking about the Anastasi people, but mm-hmm. I looked into it a little bit and that's not the preferred name. No, it's not at all. <laughs> but but I will give them credit in the sense that it does make sense that he says it because he is it's Navajo. Navajo. It, right, right. Yeah. So the name Anastasi is like, it is a Navajo word. It's a legitimate Navajo word. So that's cool. But like, and I do take issue with the way they define it in the show. They define it in the show right. as ancient alien, which is like not the most common like translations of it. The most common translations of it are ancient outsider or ancient enemy, but it's right. used traditionally to describe ancestral Puebloans of like the now right. modern day Pueblo people, and they do not prefer that name for really obvious reasons. They don't want yes. their ancestors referred to negatively. And, you know, it makes sense that, like, ancient, or not ancient, but ancestral Puebloans and, you know, precursor, like, Navajo peoples would, you know, not, would be, would be enemies. They live right next to each other, really. If you look at the areas, if you look at where, Mm -hmm. because they mentioned they're in Farmington, New Mexico, if you look at where that is, that is just west of, like, Taos and sort of, like, you know, the Pueblo people more occupying the more, like, Taos, northern, central um new mexico area instead of the more western part that's more navajo yeah yes what i saw is that uh the ancestral puebloans Mm -hmm. were the four corners which for Mm -hmm. anyone who isn't from the u.s it's the spot where arizona new mexico colorado and utah meet Mm -hmm. they're all corner shaped so it's literally like the four corners and yeah so i i looked into that it's (laughs) i feel like the equivalent would be like if in the future um Everyone thought that the UK was actually called Turf Island. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's not, it's, it's not, um, yeah, it's just not the preferred name for. Yeah. Yeah. But so that was interesting to look into and learn. Mm-hmm. And of course, he talks about them disappearing, but it's like, no. I mean, <laughs> they just moved. There was a drought and they moved. Right. Like, <laughs> it's not that complicated. And, 
and yeah yeah it kind of reminds me of um that big like there with like the disappearance of the roanoke the people that lived Mm -hmm. in roanoke and it's like Mm -hmm. they just moved they just moved they couldn't survive so they like got integrated into like the indigenous groups around frequently Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what's interesting too is if you have ever been to like the Taos Pueblo, um, which I have. Um, it's it's really it's really a fascinating, it's a really cool place to visit. Um, the native people who still live there like give tours and stuff to all these white people. So like, you know, spend your money there mm-hmm. because like that's literally the least you can do. Um right. it, yeah, like the the Taos Pueblo is one of the like longest continuously inhabited places like in the world like wow. which is like really cool and fascinating like people have lived there like like the pueblo people have been around for a really 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 long time um mm-hmm. so for them to be like referred to historically by this other term especially this like outsider term whenever they're native peoples yeah. is like kind of really ironic um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because it's it's obviously a white person that gave them that started referring to them by this term so Yes, yes. I think it was like there was a, a man who lived in the area mm-hmm. and like he he hung out with a lot of Navajo people. Mm-hmm. So they told him that name and mm-hmm. he's like, OK, that's what they're called. Right. Everybody loves to call them this. Right. And it's like understandable because he like that the Navajo were using the term. Right. Because it's a Navajo right. word. Yeah. But like that's not what the actual peoples prefer. So it just it's just what happens when you talk to exactly one person. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so. The plot of this episode <laughs> is one of the lone gunmen's associates hacks into the Defense Department computer system and he gets access to some secret documents regarding aliens. He gives this information to Mulder, who tries to find out more information while also being questioned by the FBI in because he has these documents. He then gets called by his father to his house and on the vineyard before his father can tell him what he's trying to say. Rat boy kills him. Good old rat boy. Our our nemesis has reappeared. And then Mulder goes to Scully's apartment and they flee to New Mexico to investigate further. And the episode ends with Mulder missing. So that's the big cliffhanger. Is Mulder cliffhanger? Ha because we're the Pueblo <laughs> people built their houses on cliffs. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> the ancestral Puebloans. <laughs> exactly. And so we open on a Navajo reservation in New Mexico. And so I I, I think when this episode aired in its original 4-3 aspect ratio mm-hmm. I bet some of the CGI looked better mm-hmm. because like the film just like looked worse but now that it's been mastered it doesn't look great it's it's really funny because like you know they're not in New Mexico right so it's like all of the like fake CGI backgrounds <laughs> yeah. are just yes. like blurry and grainy well it's interesting because they shot they obviously shot all the stuff with the actors and stuff in mm-hmm. Vancouver mm-hmm but they did get some composite shot. They got some shots in, I think, Sedona, Arizona. Mm-hmm. So the shots are like actually like that part of the region. But yes, they they don't blend well together. And also, like you can see, they're just trying to angle the camera away from like the huge pile of trees. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny whenever you get like this bright greenery in this desert. <laughs> yes, yes, it's like I think what pe- people expect going to New Mexico, they expect the desert that like utah has where there's like absolutely no plants Mm -hmm. that's not true Mm -hmm. but it is shrubby like it is not right there's shrubbery yeah (laughs) right and like it yeah it's yeah like the green is just like it is it's it's so it's so beautiful i love that region i love i love new mexico i grew up right next to it kind of deserty yeah 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 totally 
while we're on the Navajo reservation, we see a family and there's grandfather, the son, and the grandson. And <laughs> the grandfather says in Navajo, the earth has a secret it needs to tell. We're already starting off kind of on a bad foot mm-hmm. in regards to just like this very mystical mm-hmm. Native American right. that has, yeah, like that's that's not not great, but it's yeah. like not awful. It's it's right. very yeah. It's very it's very meth. Like it it is romanticizing mm-hmm. Native peoples for sure, um, mm-hmm. but it's also like not being outright disrespectful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I looked into the guy who plays a grandfather. His mm-hmm. name is Floyd Red Crow Westerman. Yeah, he's Sue, and right? He's, yeah, he's Dakota Sue. Mm-hmm. And he actually was, um, he was sent to like one of those boarding schools where they like oh, were wow. very awful to, mm-hmm. you know, indigenous people. The, like he, the he wasn't allowed to cut his yeah, yeah, like he he had to cut his hair. He couldn't grow his hair long. And he wasn't allowed to speak his language. <sighs> um, and that really inspired him to be active. That's mm-hmm. that's why he was such an activist later in life. Yeah, I did see that he was um an activist for like native people's rights, which makes sense. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but the the grandson is going off riding. He's riding on his dirt bike. His grandson's name's Eric, I believe. And he goes to this like quarry, which they did the Doctor Who thing mm-hmm. where they just like spray painted a quarry red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh so he finds this container buried, and then he finds this body that he brings back. And that's the teaser, essentially. <laughs> Setting us off of, like, there is a mystery mystery body mm-hmm. on the Navajo reservation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we have the credits. And the tagline's different. I, You know I love when that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's, the truth is out there in Navajo. They have a lot of accents on the letters. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sorry. I'm looking up if... Navajo is an endangered language because one of the things that I thought was interesting about the scene, um, also like one of the Wikipedia rabbit holes I've been down on recently is like, what languages are endangered? Um, There's a lot Mm. of them. But one of the things that I thought was interesting about the scene where the grandson brings the body home is that um, the grandfather says in Navajo, like basically like put it back. And the grandson asks his dad what his grandfather said. So that means that Mm -hmm. it's not being spoken at home which is generally a signal that like it's being threatened at least. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was kind of curious about that. It is an endangered language. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It basically, which there's like all these different statuses for threatened languages. Right. But basically that means that like the amount of people speaking it at home are, are decreasing as in like younger generations aren't growing up speaking it, which is Mm -hmm. very sad. There's a lot of a lot of yeah. languages around the world. But. Absolutely, I think Navajo is on Duolingo. Interestingly enough, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So definitely like putting in the work to preserve it, but it's always mm-hmm. so hard. Really, yeah, and especially you know in like you know a lot of a lot of this is how it is for pretty much all the endangered languages. But like, there's been systemic like forces like right. actively trying to like get rid of it like with the re-education schools and not allowing people to speak it at all is just like a very classic colonizer move to absolutely get rid of an indigenous population Mm -hmm. and a culture Mm -hmm. but it's so interesting especially with Navajo because it has like um it has such a history Mm -hmm. in like the U.S. Mm -hmm. beyond just like the Navajo people like Mm -hmm. Scully mentions it later but like the Navajo co-talkers right during World War II, which Albert is Hosting is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, it is interesting that it is. Yeah. Which, like, yeah. even, <laughs> I mean, su- su- such a, like, like 
empire move of being like your language is very helpful because like it is so unique right and like impossible to to break but like also we're not going to put any effort into reserving right right it's crazy because like like it's true like the the navajo code talkers were like it the japanese weren't ever able to to break the code during world war ii and that like helps the u.s you know win but um it is interesting because like the reason why the japanese weren't able to break it is because a there was no alphabet there was no written navajo language at the time unlike cherokee mm-hmm. which had already which is a native american language uh, as well is an indigenous language as well but hadn't written alphabet already wow um yeah and also it, it, yeah it's just like a native indigenous language to the united states so there was no way really for the japanese to be able to be exposed to it or even to like mm-hmm. learn it because it was yeah, like, only oral at that point and a in la- a language like that has developed without the influence of like i i presume no influence of like european languages or mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. uh languages so like there's no trace of that sort of working backwards from there sort of so to speak mm-hmm. yeah for sure so we next have a scene i do love how this episode puts the date on like every almost every scene i like it really wants us to know how time is progressing mm-hmm. so that the they found the body i believe it april 6th and this is like april 10th I forgot to write it down, but I'm pretty sure this scene is like April 10th. And so we're in Dover, Delaware, and somebody's like computers running something and he's reading some book about conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And suddenly he gets like a noise telling him that like he's through and he gets so excited because he's hacked into the defense department computer system. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we have it's kind of like just setting the tone like and we have several scenes where people are speaking different languages and talking about something the something called the mj documents mm-hmm. and it ends with cigarette smoking man getting a call from a german and then he mm-hmm. hangs up the call and he just says gentlemen that was a phone call i never wanted to hear <laughs> this is like a really a good episode for cigarette smoking man to shine in he's got yeah, a lot of personality he, in this episode he does he really he really is like a lot less like one-dimensional than he usually is mm-hmm. And the MJ documents, um, the thinker mentions this later, but the MJ is referring to the MJ-12, which is the Majestic 12. It's a supposed covert organization formed to recover UFOs. Um, it was leaked in 1984, but it was later determined to be a hoax. Um, mm-hmm. Like the the signature they had for Truman was <laughs> very clearly like Photoshop from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like it, it was just kind of a shoddy hoax. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's funny that like they're pulling this because they're reading books about UFOs and like learning about like the UFO research and stuff, and they're putting it in the show. But then it's like funny that kind of later it, it uh it kind of comes out that it's not true at all. <laughs> yeah. The nature of the beast, but it, yeah. Also, I just fact checked myself, and I was wrong. The Navajo did have a written alphabet in 1849, but there's there was no like standardization for it. It was basically just okay. like people being like, okay, like what like lat- using like the English Latin alphabet, like what does this sound like basically? Mm-hmm. Um, but like now now it does anyway. Okay. <laughs> also, that I would like sense. to say that the talker, right? That's his name. The the, the thinker. thinker. The thinker looks like one of Philip Jennings's disguises. <laughs> he really does. He does. It's he's incredible. Got, he's got a Philip Jennings vibe. He looks like that one uh, where, well, uh, this is my spoiler. When they're they're ruining Yankee's life, mm-hmm. and he's playing um, her brother. I'm pretty sure. Her, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah patty's brother yeah yeah he does look like that yeah i think that like that's exactly what he looks like (laughs) so we're now on april 11th Mm -hmm. i think because i wrote the next day (laughs) we are with Mulder, and someone's knocking at his apartment and he's wearing a tank top and he looks great his hair is finally settled into something approaching acceptable his haircut's growing out yeah it looks it looks good. I'm really excited for when we get to like good hair Mulder again. I like you know? how his it's kitchen coming. is like unrecognizable because we've literally never seen it before. It's so funny because I'm pretty sure like that isn't even his kitchen that we see in the future either. Right. Like I think it it looked different to me. I was like, I don't think this is his kitchen. <laughs> like obviously <laughs> in, it is in the content. <laughs> they just didn't standardize it. They're like, oh well, whatever. It's so. It, like, there's so many rooms of his apartment we never see because all he does is, like, spend all his time Sleep in the living on the couch. Room. Yeah. <laughs> so he has his bedroom we never see. Well, we see eventually. But, like, for now, we don't see it. And then we have a kitchen we hardly see. Yes. <laughs> um, so the lone gunman barge into his apartment. And he, he, he physically looks great, but, like, emotionally looks really drained. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i wrote here that he calls them the three stooges and i did an angry emoji because i'm like you can't call them that be That's nice mean. yeah i know you're going through something right now but like do not call them the three stooges right right <laughs> and this is where they tell him their partner the thinker is being chased by an international black ops because he hacked into the defense department computer system and I did love the, <laughs> this the where they're talking about it and they're like, we don't even know. They say the problem is we that he may already be dead. Then they hear a gunshot and they duck and Mulder grabs his gun and runs down the hall. And mm-hmm. one of his neighbors killed her husband and she was very distraught. I mean, go off, queen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they had been married <laughs> not, 30 years. <laughs> not the right thing to say. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. It's funny. <laughs> That was a joke. Yes. We do not endorse uh, I, we murder do not, here. Yeah, condone murder. <laughs> Unless it, it's a, like a, if it's like a goodbye or else situation, right. we do endorse that's, it. That's different. But, yeah. Yeah. So Mulder is the only one that is allowed to meet the thinker. So he goes to meet him. And this is, he's like, these are the UFO files I, I found. I didn't take any precautions because I didn't think I'd get it, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Because I'm like, I feel like, I feel like this is like. This is good trigger discipline. Like, you got to always assume that you're being Mm -hmm. watched. Like, you can't just go in and just assume that it's not going to work. Right. And you, like, dude, you, like, tried to hack and you, like, hacked into the Department of Defense. Like, even if you're, like, you don't think you'll get in, that is probably something you should take precautions on before you do it. (laughs) Exactly. It doesn't. He was. He's a fool. He's a fool. Think you're not using his brain. (laughs) So we're on to the next day. And it's Mulder in the office. And he just plugs the tape right into his computer. He's just like, who cares? Right. If this is actually a virus and we're going to infect all the FBI computers with it, all the better for him, personally. <laughs> Honestly, I think that would be really funny if that's what where this episode ended up going. <laughs> yeah. The thinker was actually doing the long con of like trying to get into the FBI. Mm-hmm. And Scully comes in and Mulder says, come in and lock the door. and. I said he's so excited. You can tell because he's being so annoying. He is so excited. It's also he's, like he's giddy. Mulder, why didn't you do this at home? Why are you doing this on like an FBI? I'm assuming like intranet computer. Because he he's 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 so geeked up. He's like, let's go. <laughs> he's on that amphetamines or LSD or whatever the hell he's on. That is true. <laughs> 
Uh, we don't find that out till later, so you're just. I but like it's I honestly think it's something's amphetamines. wrong. Yeah, he's he's so geeked up. <laughs> he's like amped up, and he like gets really randomly aggro too. It's like that yes, to yes. me. That that speaks to amphetamines. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's LSD because I feel mm-hmm. like it'd be more spacey. Right, and LSD also isn't, unless, like, you know, it's in, like, super high concentrations, right? But, like, it's not really known to make people, like, aggro. It's not like he's eating the, like, the, like, moldy bread that they used to give to, like, Nordic (laughs) warriors that then, like, went berserk. It's not, like, that levels of LSD. Yeah. Also, I feel like Mulder has taken LSD. I think he would know when he's... Right. He does. Right. Like, it's, yeah, it's just... (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure it's amphetamines yeah and it's in a different language the document and mm-hmm. and he thinks it's gibberish and he just gets really angry and he like knocks over a pencil holder he's he's just he is aggro he's he's losing it this girl he looks so worried she's like are you okay and he's right. like yeah i'm fine he's like no you are not <laughs> you are not fine actually but Scully, because she's a brilliant, beautiful genius, Wonderful recognizes that it's Navajo. Yeah. She's like, I know it's Navajo because I I care and I learn about it. like okay, also I do like totally get this idea <laughs> she she knows so much about World War Two because like her father mm-hmm. was uh, in the Navy. I'm like, Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like they watched the History Channel together uh, yeah. as like as a kid. It totally tracks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it's also like it's one of those things where it's just like she also just pays attention like i don't know how many times people have been surprised that like i knew something when it's literally like just me paying attention right yeah not to be like oh i pay attention but like especially in the scene it's like she's just paying attention to the document like molders on his like like, aggro throwing pencil cup holder pen cup holders all over the fucking office and she's just like (laughs) yo chill out it's fine (laughs) <laughs> literally take let's, a second yeah like let's take a breath Mulder and he leaves because he has to talk to Skinner so Mulder and Skinner meet in the hallway and Skinner's like there's a rumor that you have some very sensitive files <laughs> and I'm very concerned and Mulder's like I don't know what the hell you're talking about and Mulder goes to leave and Skinner's like hold on I'm not done talking to you <laughs> and Mulder like punches Skinner he punches Skinner and then, of course, Skinner gets into a chokehold because, as we learned, like, Skinner can take on anybody. Right. Like, you don't want to just, like, fuck with Skinner. Like, he's just like, all right, <laughs> yes. buddy, you're punching me in the face. I'm going to put you in a fucking chokehold. We're getting you calm down. <laughs> exactly. And so he, you know, takes off. And um, the, and then on the, the next day, Scully walks into Skinner's office and there's, like, a panel of people there. And so she knows she's in for a bad time. Mm-hmm. And uh, who is there except for Chris Carter? Oh, <laughs> he has <yeah>. made a cameo. <laughs> so, so Chris Carter is here because Ugh. this is this is what we wanted. I don't know if I was a showrunner, I think I would put myself in the show sometimes, not I mean, a ton. I don't I mean, know. Yeah, it's a fun idea. Yeah, and it's also There's funny because he cameos, like. I feel. <laughs> yeah, and he like I love that his line is just kind of like saying the show's premise. He just says, "Weren't you assigned to debunk his work?" Like that's like almost his only line. <laughs> so they're just like, "Let's bring in the dude that made the show. Just tell everybody what the show's about." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they threaten to fire Scully too if she's withholding any information. And so it's not just that Mulder's job's on the line; it's her job's on the line too. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Martha's Vineyard and. 
I think we our assumption is sort of that like maybe Mulder's visiting his father, but then we see that it's actually Cigarette Smoking Man. And this adds a really interesting wrinkle to the show, right? Mm-hmm. That like Mulder's father was maybe involved to some, well, not, not maybe. This episode, we kind of learned he is involved to some degree. And <laughs> this is the first we learn about Mulder's father being party to the conspiracy in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And it does offer a better explanation of why because like there's always the idea of like if Mulder's such a threat why not eliminate him right mm-hmm. this is something like Crycheck had said at some point and it's a very good question but this kind of this is a more satisfactory answer to their usual like he's going to become a martyr it's like no like his father was involved so he his father gives him some cover at the very least and then mm-hmm. cigarette smoking man who is his father's friend to some degree mm-hmm. also gives him cover so that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. It's a better answer than whenever Raina asked me, when my wife asked me why they didn't just kill Mulder, and I said, because he's the main character. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's connected. Yeah. He got those Martha Vineyard ties. Ugh. Also, we should have guessed how, like, Mulder's father worked for the State Department based on just how the fact awful that he lives he on the vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and how awful he is. Yeah, I was like, Cigarette Smoking Man and Bill Mulder. Awful combo. <laughs> and Cigarette Smoking Man is essentially telling Mulder's dad, Bill Mulder, that he, that Mulder has the documents. And that, like, he says, like, my name is in those documents. <laughs> so it's sort of like, your son is going to find out what you did. It's essentially this this mm-hmm. awful house warming, house call that Cigarette Smoking Man has made to tell him that your son is going to learn about the awful things that you've done. <laughs> And so Mulder's sleeping on his couch and suffering, someone is hovering and it's Scully. And mm-hmm. he's irritable because he's been irritable the whole episode already. Mm-hmm. And Scully kind of just comes to him and says, like, you know, I had to lie today and I just want to know this isn't going to come back to us. Right. Mm-hmm. And Very she's concerned reasonable. because, she, yeah, she's like, I don't want to get fired over this. Of mm-hmm. all the things to get fired over. Right. And she says, the question is, is it worth it? Is this cassette worth risking everything? I'll tell you when I find out what's on it. And I think this is so illustrative of how they approach things. Because Mulder's so headstrong and impulsive. Mm-hmm. And Scully second guesses herself and wants to be sure. Like, she mm-hmm. wants to know this isn't going to go poorly. Right. And of course, Mulder is like, let's just let's, let's just go. go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go with it. And this isn't even because he's, like, on amphetamines. This is his normal behavior. Right. I mean... His irritability is because he's on amphetamines, but the other stuff is normal for him. Mm-hmm. But Mulder's response to Scully's hesitancy is to su- put the X on his window to summon X, his source, to find out for sure. As if that boy's not being watched constantly. Yes, but it is kind of nice that he is like, if you're really concerned, I'll, I'll find out. Right. <laughs> And this is, we have a quick scene where Scully goes to the office of the Navajo Nation. She talks to someone um, and she recognizes some of the words because they're loan words. She recognizes mm-hmm. merchandise and vaccination. So mm-hmm. we already know we're in for a bad time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We will get to it eventually. <laughs> the anti-vaxxers have entered the chat. <laughs> yes. Chris Carter's just like pouring a vial of like anti-vaxxer stuff. And he's like, this is fine. This is fun material. <laughs> it's like, this is our lives. <laughs> this is also, I think, is this like before like the big anti-vax movement? Like, I when did think that- they kind of come and go, but I think this is kind of before. Right. The big, like. I think the, the recent one, I 
think really popped off with that Andrew Wakefield's yeah bad paper about like assuming like discredited very, paper made to give yes. up his medical license paper yes mm-hmm. saying that autism is caused by vaccines right. which is completely discredited right and it was like Not so true. it was so inappropriate for the lancet to even publish it really right <laughs> but <laughs> It's, yeah, it's I think that's before that. Not only inappropriate, like, but like unethical and yes, <laughs> harmful to public health. But anyway, yes. I can't remember when that paper came out, but I want to say it was like 2010 ish, mm-hmm. maybe earlier than that. No, I think it was like, earlier than that. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm sure there's always been anti-vaccine movements ever yes, since absolutely. vaccines have. You know, I mean, I know there have been, but it's just like mm-hmm. it's it such definitely a, wanes. It yeah, it waxes and wanes, but it's such a hot button issue right now. Especially because, like, vaccine hesitancy is such a luxury in our current pandemic state of the world. It's like, yeah, <laughs> does not yeah. come off great in 2021. Yeah, I think I think we'll get into it later. But there's like the very valid criticism I've seen of the X Files about how they <laughs> they mix like real world things mm-hmm. with like fictionalized things, mm-hmm. which like isn't inherently wrong or anything mm-hmm. that's just like how fiction works but i think it's very delicate when you're talking about conspiracy mm-hmm. so when later we talk about like they talk about the real crimes of like the axis power and then they're like talking about vaccines and like them testing vaccines on people it's just like okay but like i don't know it doesn't yeah. bother me too much because like i feel like i don't know how much i could expect people to like be held responsible for like people doing poor research you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Mm -hmm. like i don't know how much i'm going to like get mad at them for mixing it because like it's a show and like it's very clearly a show right i feel like they they don't they aren't as responsible with it as they should be though i definitely like feel that criticism like because because they do mix fiction with actual conspiracies that people believe they don't treat them as responsibly as i think that maybe they should yeah and i guess there's maybe the question of like how how much can you do to dispel this sort of stuff right they're just in a tough place to begin with Mm -hmm. but i also just kind of got the vibe that like i mean they had they made 25 episodes a season they didn't have time to think let alone like (laughs) game out the like how this is gonna play in like 20 years 20 or 30 years so yeah, yeah, I definitely, I, I don't bristle at that criticism. I think it's a fair criticism. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a fair criticism. I think when I first heard it, I bristled at it, but then I was like, you know what? That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I, and I think bristling at it a little bit is understandable. But yeah, I actually, I, I, I do kind of agree with it. But yeah, I think I don't know. Can't I go think- unmake the show. So right, and I think uh, we'll talk about it kind of later in the next episodes. It's a little bit more prominent. But I think, honestly, um, I feel like The X-Files is, like, the first place I heard some of this stuff. Like, like the next episode is kind of mentions Operation Paperclip, which I had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. And so I think it does have, like, I don't know. I felt like it was very formative to me as a person. But, but obviously, like, I can distinguish fact from fiction. But obviously yeah. not everyone can. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's. It's delicate. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Mulder's dad calls him to have him come visit him in the vineyard. And so he does. He leaves. And Scully walks into Mulder's apartment. And someone fires a gun but misses. So it just grazes her head. Because she's like <laughs> a foot shoulder th- shorter than Mulder. So yeah. they had their sights angled for like a foot taller and they miss. But then it's like, oh man, like Mulder's really in it. Like someone is trying to kill him. Right. Just straight up kill him. Yeah. And the fact that he's like acting so irrationally and erratically. 
Mm-hmm. And so we have the scene where Mulder goes to the vineyard and he goes to talk to his dad. And his dad hugs him, which is so interesting because mm-hmm. in Colony, he like very, he, like, he very to. much did not hug him. Yeah. <laughs> and so we see his dad in a, a very different place. He seems very distraught emotionally. And he's trying to tell Mulder something and he's being very opaque about it. Mm-hmm. I also think he's drunk, which doesn't help. You know, what's interesting is that, like, in the first scene with, like, him and Cigarette Smoking Man, I was like, man, he, like, doesn't look good. Like, he looks yeah. like he's sick or something. Yeah. But it turns out that actor, um, I think it's, I think his name is Peter Donat or something, um, he, he got in a car accident in L.A. And so he's, like, actually really bruised. Like, oh <laughs> the makeup people had to cover up all his bruises. And he's actually, like, in a lot of pain. Oh, my gosh. That poor I know. dude. They couldn't, I know. like... Like, well, delay filming a little bit? They can't. They, like... God. <laughs> it's such awful. a tight schedule. <laughs> I'm so glad we don't... Like, because even network shows, like, don't really make 24-episode seasons anymore. Right. Like, I think, I think we should only make, like, 12 to 13-episode seasons, <laughs> period. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny, because even the X-Files, by the end of the show, like, seasons 8 and 9 are, like, 20 and 21 episodes. So, like, even mm-hmm. by then, they were, like... We can't do 25. That's too much. <laughs> right. Like, this is unreal. <laughs> God, just, like, thinking whenever, like, episodes were, like, like yeah, like, TV was usually, like, 22 episode orders for season. Like, yes. holy shit. Yeah, it's and then much. sometimes, like, 26. I think MASH has some seasons that are, like, 26 episodes. Oh, my God. Or, like, Bonanza has, like, 50 episode seasons or something unreal. Like, yeah. Uh, it's a good it's a good practice so we have a lot fewer episodes yes I agree. <laughs> unreal it's an unreal pace yeah like it's one thing if it's like a game show where you can shoot like four in a day mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. but one quote i wrote down from the scene is bill Mulder says your politics are yours you've never thrown in the minute you do that their doctrines become yours which is really interesting mm-hmm. and this is where we find out his dad worked for the state department which is very funny to me because like that is usually a cover for not usually but very frequently someone says they work for the state department <laughs> oh, they might work for the cia and just say they work for the state department right. because it's very similar so it is funny that's like Mueller spent this potato, whole life potato. knowing his dad work- <laughs> he's like oh yeah my dad works for the state department at no point apparently he seemed to question this right <laughs> like maybe my dad right. cia or like right. cia adjacent which is so funny because it is such a like common cover too to be like oh I work for this I mean that's uh, not to bring back the Americans but like that happens in the Americans too like Kimmy's like oh yeah my dad works like for the state department in agriculture and it's like no he's in the fucking Honey, CIA no. <laughs> baby no he is baby mm-mm. <laughs> exactly but then in the min in the midst of him like trying to bear his soul to his son mm-hmm. he's like okay well I have some medication I need to take <laughs> Uh, I I don't know if this ever happens. Like, unless that medication is Xanax, I have no clue why he just like left mid conversation. <laughs> just be like, oh wait, well, let, let me, me go take, take my, my meds. <laughs> let me take my fucking like heart pill. <laughs> and so he goes to the restroom, and he opens the. He's one of those like mirror cabinets, so he opens it, and then when he closes it, the mirror we can just see Crycheck in the shower, and then we hear a gunshot, and so Rat Boy has killed Boulder's father. <laughs> and that should be the clip to promote this episode is you just going rat boys killed boulders 
And it's so funny because Nicholas Lee said that for a couple years after this, like David Duchovny would leave him voicemails and be like, you killed my father, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> David Duchovny would be that annoying. Yes, yes. Um, and I kind of wonder, cause, since he has a story credit, I didn't see anything that like explicitly said like what what parts of the story were like David Duchovny's idea. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it was like, we need to kill my father. Like, <laughs> my father is CIA and we need to kill him. <laughs> right. And Ratboy needs to do it. <laughs> Unless y'all plan on like actually exploring this further, like having Mulder eventually confront his father about being CIA, just off him. <laughs> <laughs> and so Mulder, or uh, Bill, Bill Mulder's dying words are, forgive me. I thought it was a good death scene, and and Mulder's very distraught. It was okay, I think. He's on he's on amphetamines, and his oh boy, is he <laughs> having a bad day? <laughs> he really is. He's he's having an awful day, and so he calls Scully, and he's like, "My father's dead. I don't know who did it." And she's like, "Were y'all arguing?" And he's like, "I didn't do it. Scully's Somebody like, else did. Did you do it?" And she's like, she's like "Okay, I believe saying. you." <laughs> Scully's doing great. Um, if anyone's ever like dealt with someone who has like unchecked anger problems, Scully's doing a great job managing him right now. Like she that really is, is. There's some history. <laughs> that is that <laughs> is how you do it. She is definitely at some point, maybe in medical school, learned how to manage people very well. Honestly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because she seems like she came from too normal of a household to learn it there. Right? right? Yeah. Like that's some. Um, that's like some... where did she? Mm-hmm. Bad boyfriend, maybe. Right? Isn't that where we all learn it? I think think (laughs) Scully has learned it. (laughs) That's that's where uh, I think Scully has like bad choice in men from some of the other episodes. I mean, she's she's into Mulder, so (laughs) yes, (laughs) first our first point of evidence. (laughs) But like, she like very frequently like has relationships with like her teachers. That's like one of her character beats. So girl, girl needs some help. Right. I blame that. I blame that on male writers. <laughs> I mean, yes. But yeah, she does. So she says, like, you need to leave. And he's like, I have to show you the crime scene. She's like, no, Mulder, they're going to think you did it. Right. You need to leave. Right. You need to flee. I don't she's care what it means. Like, Absolutely correct. She's absolutely correct. And so he leaves and he shows up at her place. And I love the scene a lot. And also it reminds me of every time like I've had to wrangle my drunk friends. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Don't sit there. Go sit over here. Drink some water. <laughs> Lay down. <laughs> right. <laughs> feeling nauseous? Okay, let's move to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to get the trash can. Hold on. <laughs> How many times have unspoken friends bought you new bath mats, Shelby? <laughs> <laughs> Only once, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but still... once is more than enough Mm -hmm. and so yeah so (laughs) she's taking care of this large baby who's shrugged out of his mind Mm -hmm. and he has a fever and she's just you know taking care of him it's very sweet Mm -hmm. she is that mom friend she has big mom friend energy yeah oh that's why you're scully because you you have mom friend energy too oh i do yes thank you (laughs) and this is why i'm older because i do not have mom friend energy (laughs) I you don't, but I love it. The person the mom friend is taking care of. <laughs> You're the like tough love, like aunt and energy. Whenever you take care of like drunk friends, it's yes, because I'm over it. Great. Yeah, I'm, you are. And I, <laughs> and I have no bones about being like you're annoying me right now. I know it's great. I love it. <laughs> Just the unnamed friend throwing up and me saying, "You are going to buy me a new bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> 
not you just saying it once, but you like actively repeating it multiple times. Yes. I needed to make sure the unknown friend knew. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. I understand. That they owed me a new bathroom. <laughs> and so the next day, Molly wakes up and finds Scully has taken his gun and she's getting it tested to make sure he didn't kill his father. Because she's smart and also doesn't really trust him because like that, she 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 yes. definitely at this point suspects that he's being drugged or something, right? Like Right. And I don't think it's a bad idea, but like how bad would it have been if she was testing his gun and it did turn out that he killed his father, right? Like I, I guess for her hilarious. she wants the truth. Right. But I it think- does seem very risky to like <laughs> I think part of her believes that like he might have done it too like and so whenever he calls yeah. her upset and she's like no i'm trying to prove your innocence i don't think that's necessarily a lie i think it's a half truth because like the yeah. other side of the coin of trying to prove his innocence is also finding out whether or not he's guilty yeah yeah and he he's yelling at her and he says you know you've been reporting on me the whole time and i it's in his very you know amphetamine mind it makes sense right and then scully has a very sweet moment she says Mulder, you're sick you know i'm on your side mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like it's so sweet i think this is why i like the episode so much because it is so many it's so much more character mm-hmm. work than like some of the mythology episodes i don't like as much it's just like you know mm-hmm. it's so good it's it's really just like and i, I think later in the episode she kind of says like they were trying to make everybody that trusted you, not trust you, and mm-hmm. then frame you for killing your father. Mm-hmm. And it is like, she's really happy to put work into trusting him at this moment. And she right. knows he's unwell. Right. And she's trying to help him out as best she can. And he's not yeah. making it easy. Oh, no. He's making it hard. <laughs> yeah. But but it is like such a good episode because it is like, you know, they're, they're ride or die for each other. It is definitely proof that like she cares about him because you don't, you don't, deal with that shit if you don't care about the other person you don't deal with them treating you that way and like go out of your way so much if like you don't genuinely like care for them you know Mm -hmm. and she's putting her job at risk yeah she totally is putting her job at risk and her reputation Mm -hmm. and he's not appreciating the work she's putting in because again he's being drugged it's the uh it's the amphetamines (laughs) it's a bad bloodline i I was drugged (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Cannot wait to get to bad blood. <laughs> I'll put that cliff in here. I was drugged. <laughs> yes. Um, and so she goes to Mulder's apartment and she gets a bullet out of the wall. And then she sees a suspicious van getting a water softener. I'll put it in the van. And so she's like, hmm, mm-hmm. water. Interesting. And she finds out one of the tanks has been replaced. And this comes back later. Mm-hmm. But this is how she finds out he's been dr- drugged mm-hmm. the entire time. That's why he's so annoying. Yeah. Not because he's personally annoying, even though he is that. He is. But that's why he's being like extra aggro. <laughs> so Mulder, at the same time that Scully is there, he returns to his apartment. He's taking a taxi from Scully's apartment <laughs> because he is not trusting her right now. And he is being tailed by Rat Boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get into a fight. And interestingly enough, actually, this fight scene was coordinated by David Duchovny and Nicholas Lee because this stunt coordinator was stuck in traffic. Oh, wow. (laughs) So so they just did it themselves. It looks kind of amateur, so like, but it's also like Mulder is being drugged, so it's not like he would necessarily be, uh, he doesn't have his wits about him in the way that he normally would. So like, it's messy, but it works, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I have this other note here uh, where 
Uh, so Nick Lee says, I just snapped my neck over and over again, looking like I was taking the punch. So Bob Goodwin, the director, mm-hmm. ordered a massage therapist to my room the next morning. That's the kind of guy Bob Goodwin is. That's, so That's sweet. actually really nice. That's yeah, nice. He's like, you just had to do this this tough physical scene. Now I'll have a massage therapist help you out. Because you fucked up your neck because of the show. That's super <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so Mulder has his gun on Rat Boy, and then Scully has her gun on Mulder. And mm-hmm. Mulder's like, he did it. He killed my father. And before Mulder can kill Crycheck, Scully does shoot him in the shoulder. <laughs> Bless, honestly. She kind of, Mulder kind of deserves it. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I think, like, isn't it that, like, the shoulder is someplace people think is an easy place to take a shot, but it, like, isn't necessarily? I don't know. It's pretty close really to know. the heart. There's lots of veins and there's arteries. There's lots of arteries stuff. in the shoulder. Yeah. I feel like there's better places to shoot someone. If, if you want to take someone out, go for the lower leg. Yeah. I think, I think, because, like, you don't want to do because you don't want to get their femoral artery because that right. will absolutely kill someone but maybe like go for like lower leg because then they can't like get away and they'll like fall yeah. to the ground but she she takes him out he's still she alive does. but she does shoot him in the shoulder <laughs> <laughs> and then three days later we're in a hotel and mm-hmm. albert hosting is there and this is where we find out more about him that he was a Navajo co-talker in world mm-hmm. war ii and his name and stuff like that. And this is also where Scully tells Mulder like he was being drugged, and that's why he was acting up. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point, I think it was Mulder says this, where he says, "I got too close to the truth," and that line just cracked me up. It's really funny. <laughs> like that was really funny. He was just like, "She's like, you're being drugged," and he just kind of like he had this kind of like your <laughs> goofy like kind of coming out of painkillers. Like I mean, he is coming out of sedation, so he's just like. Mm-hmm. I got too close to the truth. That makes sense. You're right, Queen. You're right. <laughs> yes. He's like, mm-hmm. He's like okay, my mind is sound that now. That tracks. I, I, <laughs> he understands now. Mm-hmm. And so he, so the plan kind of is for him to learn more about what Albert Hossein has to tell him because Albert's translating documents. And also Albert kind of mentions that there was an omen in the body being found, which I don't know if that counts as an omen because I do think your his grandson just like got the body. You know what I mean? Right, like right. It's not like he just kind of suff- surfaced. It was like someone actively did go retrieve this body. I don't right. know if it counts as an omen. Right. That's where like this <laughs> this episode is like kind of annoying with the way it like romanticizes native people. Yeah. It's like like there was an omen and I, I knew you were coming, like some sort of mysticism yeah. when it's like yeah. literally his grandson found a dead body and was like yeah that's not good yeah so people are people are going like like you just dug up some shit like people are gonna come here and find out that something's been messed with right like that's kind of like a no-brainer yeah also they say like albert helped translate the documents to begin with so it isn't like this is new material for him like he is he he's always been aware of this to some degree right he was aware of the situation like yeah yeah and then as like Mulder's going to like leave, Scully stops him and she says, like, my name's in the documents along with Dwayne Berry's. And he's like, in what context? And she says, like, some sort of test. And mm-hmm. she tells him that she she wants him, but she needs him to find out what her na- why her name's in the documents. Mm-hmm. And it is like it is really making it personal for Scully. Like this mm-hmm. is a personal crusade for her as much as it is Mulder. Like she she approaches it differently and more caution than Mulder (laughs) yeah but like it is a crusade for her too Mm -hmm. like in season two already you know Mm -hmm. 
And so Mulder and Albert go to his house, and this is where he mentions the Anasazi, a.k.a. the ancestral Puebloans. Mm-hmm. Puebloans? I don't know. Puebloans, Okay. And uh, also, I think I think they get a lot of play. I haven't seen the show, but, you know, the ancient alien show on the History Channel? Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Anasazi get a lot of play on that because there are certain people that think that they were aliens or abducted right. by aliens. Right. To to like explain their disappearance their disappearance is just as easily explained by drought and leaving and war and yeah and like just like the way like humans move into other groups right just like how it's happened especially like before modern times like pre-modern times but anyway right (laughs) so just kind of funny a bit of anthropology to really throw the wrench into that theory. <laughs> yeah. And so the grandson takes Mulder to where he found the body. Mm-hmm. And it's a buried container. And Mulder gets a call from the cigarette smoking man. And the cigarette smoking man is kind of like, okay, so what did your father tell you? You know, mm-hmm. your father was part. He he never he never said no. Like, he was okay with the plans. And Mulder's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so but but i believe this is kind of how they track Mulder, like via this call which like first of all like yes. why did you answer the phone then yes because the cigarette talking man gets in a helicopter and they take off mm-hmm. and i would like to train- say okay that they reach new mexico way too quickly she says they drove for two days right right but okay so cigarette is smoking man is in that? dc and they take a house oh he's not in dc I, I my guess is that he's in New Mexico. I don't know. I think he kind of because I think he probably knew he needed to find that Mulder needed to find someone to translate the document. So I imagine he was already in the region. He would have to be to get there that quickly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's just like not, I think, explained. And I was like, wait, did he just go really from Washington, D.C. to New Mexico in like 20 minutes on a helicopter? <laughs> because that's impossible. <laughs> yes, he did. That's, that's like a three hour pop- flight minimum. <laughs> Anything is possible when you're a party to a global conspiracy. I guess that's true. <laughs> they have technology we can't even dream of. <laughs> I also love how like Mulder just like calls Scully while he's in the boxcar, and he's like, "Wow, there's bodies everywhere." Mm-hmm. And Scully tells him kind of the stuff she's translated, and she says she's found references to experiments done by Axis Power given amnesty after the war, which is. Mm-hmm. That's what Project Paperclip was, mm-hmm. Operation Paperclip. Um, that that was the U.S. brought Axis scientists, specifically German scientists, mostly German, yeah, because you wouldn't have really needed to take like Japanese scientists because you they, were they didn't have this... Japan. But anyway, right, and also like, like they didn't have the same shakeup as Germany, right, post World War Two, right, and just it's also just like 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 the United States was like the government in, cro- in control of Japan for right. a few years. The CIA was spending some big money. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you don't need to take those scientists. You already have them. Yeah. So, so specifically like German scientists, like I think the mm-hmm. most famous example is uh, Werner Braun or Von Braun, Werner Von Braun, whatever his name is, the guy the who did the rockets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. He was a German scientist. He was a Nazi. Yeah. And they always like to play like the idea of like, oh, well, they were just Nazis because everybody was Nazis in Germany. It's like, uh, uh <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I mean, I, if you're trying to make some like, I like big grand gesture of like the, the, um, 
the culpability of people right under a regime then like, right yeah i guess so if you want to follow that logic right but anyway we i promise we will get to that because it comes in the mm-hmm. next two-parter by the way but yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the kind of the seeds of that um later and Mulder's like oh they're aliens which like I guess they kind of look like aliens, but they're also like very desiccated bodies. Right. You know? Right. It's really hard to tell. Yeah. But he finds a vac- a smallpox vaccination scar on the arm, which is interesting because neither you or I have been vaccinated for smallpox. Nope. <laughs> because they stopped doing that. And yep. honestly, I don't really know why they did. Because it was eradicated through vaccination. It still kind of exists. It does Kind it is of, eradicated, right? But it's yeah. eradicated through through va- like the vac- vaccination was so successful that it was eradicated. Like it, it does exist right. in like really remote areas that like don't have access to that. But like I mean, yeah, like our parents, like I don't know about you, but like my parents have smallpox vaccine scars on I their think arms. My mom does, yeah, yeah. But you know what's like, interesting? Yeah, oh, you can go ahead. I mean, we also weren't vaccinated for polio either because right. it was eradicated through vaccination. You know, what's actually interesting though is that um, even though it still exists was, too, you know, this this like lab leak theory mm-hmm. um, has made me uh, trying to delve into like its origins or like the veracity of it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, not because I'm like, oh, it could be true. Well, like, yeah. I think if you want to debunk debunk something, you need to like get the evidence yourself, right? So I've been right. doing like a lot of looking into the details of like the lab theory and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did find out that there was this interesting case in uh, in England, actually. Someone got smallpox in like 1970 something mm-hmm. because like somehow like the lab, the hospital they like worked at, somehow the like smallpox stored there got like leaked and they got smallpox. But like luckily right. they were able to contain it. Right. But like. That's extremely there only, rare. There are only two places like in the U like that still have smallpox and like mm-hmm. the CDC. Mm-hmm. in atlanta had smallpox mm-hmm. and then the russia when they were the soviet union mm-hmm. they still had some stores of smallpox so those mm-hmm. are the only two places like that have like mm-hmm. smallpox stored somewhere which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy you know yeah and i also think the choice of having smallpox vaccine scar on the alien in this scene specifically is another example of the show being like not so great on the Native American front because like smallpox brought over by Europeans literally like decimated native populations mm. like yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I think that's uh, the problem with that is mostly because the American Southwest is like where a lot of the most prominent um, UFO stuff kind of comes from mm-hmm. with Roswell being the very notable case but mm-hmm. That's where the Area 51 is. That's where Groom Lake is. Yeah. So there's a, a manage of like, <laughs> just so happens that's also where like uh, a large population of American indigenous people live too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. you are right. That it is sort of like, we're kind of just going full steam ahead. We're just right. we're mixing and just have this big stew. Just, yeah. Just going at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we we get into some weird vaccine stuff eventually and i'm just like i don't know what y'all are doing here <laughs> yeah. but then so Mulder is in the the truck the like box car and the the grandson closes the hatch because the helicopter comes down and so cigarette smoking man is like where is he <laughs> and the kid doesn't say anything right kid we do not talk to feds you're correct exactly he is he's he not a hub, up. yeah he's, he's, he's like 
He's native. He's like, I'm not going to talk to you. You're a fed. Yeah. Like, I'm sure his father, like his father or grandfather is like told him about the American Indian movement. He's like, no, no, do not talk to the cops ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So good on the kid. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's actually like kind of the thing. It's kind of frustrating about this episode. It's like, if you want to bring in like Native Americans, like if you're a conspiracy show and you want to bring in Native Americans, I think that makes perfect sense because like there is that long history of just mm-hmm. like shady treatment and also just like, you know, negligence and abuse and stuff. And I think yeah. if you want to critique America, like the X-Files <laughs> kind of seems to want to do sometimes. Yeah. It's completely understandable. But then like you bring in Albert Hostein and you're just like, yes, he just all he says is that like there was an omen. All he says is <laughs> just like cryptic shit that doesn't yes. mean anything. And it's just like, come on, like y'all could yeah. do better than this, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. And Mulder's gone and they drop this this like bomb in the tank, the tanker tr- like car. Yeah, it's like an incendiary flare or something. Yeah, and so so we that's kind of where we end is that like Mulder's missing and we don't know where he is and we don't know if he's dead or alive. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Which like honestly is like a pretty batshit crazy way to like end season two. It's like, is your main character dead or not? Yes, and it's like you kind of know that he isn't right, obviously because right. there's you know. More. It would have been funny, though, if they didn't pick up. Yes, Mulder's dead. (laughs) That's it. That's how it ends. The rest of the show is just a hallucination in Scully's head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are doing Tommy Westfall theory right now. (laughs) It's all all in a snow globe. So now it's time for our segments. And we start with the Mulder rating. Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder! Mulder! Mm-hmm. And I'll go first. And I must reluctantly <laughs> give him an eight because mm-hmm. he's very annoying. Mm-hmm. And I can't gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss my way out of giving him <laughs> a high score. So he gets an eight from me, a very begrudging eight. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's yours? I know it's a 10. <laughs> no, it's actually, no, it's actually an eight. But wow, I, I deducted two points because it's not his fault. He was being drugged because up on amphetamines. Being, yeah. So that is really the only reason why it's not a 10, because like if he hadn't been unwillingly and unknowingly drugged, which is fucked up, um, yeah, he would absolutely be a 10. But I think a lot of his like his normal annoying behavior in this episode, I think really isn't that bad. All the aggro, like the super aggressiveness, I I really hate. Um, But Mm -hmm. that's I, I think that's definitely due to the fact that like he's being unknowingly drugged like up on amphetamines so yeah i deducted two points because of that because i felt like being nice and that was fair it's not his fault <laughs> to an extent yeah, um yeah, so yeah he gets totally. okay and next we have so uh this must be the enigmatic agent scully scully's sassiest moment you want to go first Sure, I'll go first. Um, I think in general, this episode, she doesn't have a lot of sassiness because like a lot of it is managing Mulder. Um, But Mm. I'm going to go with shooting him in the shoulder. I think that (laughs) was honestly hilarious. I laughed. Good for her. Yes, go off queen. (laughs) That was mine too. I was like, it can't be anything else. Right, it literally can't be anything else. And it's just like whenever she's faced with like shooting Crycheck or shooting Mulder... (laughs) She shoots Mulder because, like, that's the only way to, like, get him to, like, chill out. Not really mm. even chill out, but just to get him to just, like, not be crazy for five yeah. seconds so she can, yes. like, do real work here. <laughs> I also love how, like, in the line, she, when she's talking, when they like when he wakes up in the ho- hotel room, 
She's like, mm-hmm. I had to drug you mm-hmm. for it to wear off. And I just love the idea. She's like, I'm not putting up with this for two days in a car. Like, no. <laughs> She's like straight mother, up sedated him. Drink your sleepy time tea. <laughs> you will not be waking. She sedated him, took the bullet out of his shoulder, stitched him up, and then sedated <laughs> him again and drove him halfway across the country. Like, queen. It's like he's a dog to her. Right? <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta sedate them for the long car ride so they'll be less vocal. Exactly. <laughs> like a cat. This is just how I imagine she drives with him normally. (laughs) (laughs) Take your pills. Uh, Yeah, so mine was also her shooting him. It couldn't be anything else. I agree. I agree. (laughs) And then our 90th moment of the episode. Welcome. You've got mail. Um, I'll go first. (laughs) It really cracked me up in the scene where Mulder's at the very end of the episode when Mulder's in the the quarry and his one of his arms is out of commission because he got shot in the shoulder. And so his phone rings, so he pulls it out and he, he uses his teeth yeah. to like extend the antenna, the antenna of his telephone. And it really cracked me up. And also like You can see like the I bottom remember. too, how like it used to be like on a charging dock. Like when you would put phones uh-huh. on a charging dock instead of like plug in a charging cord. <laughs> Memories. So yeah, the uh, the antenna on the cell phone really cracked me up. Yeah. Um my nineties moment is actually <laughs> The same scene, but not because he, like, extended it with his teeth, but just, like, the fact that, like, he answered a call from Cigarette Smoking Man and didn't (laughs) think that, like, that would, like, trace him because, like, cell phone towers, right? Like, now we're very Mm -hmm. much aware that, like, anytime you use your cell phone, it's pinging off of a tower and, and, like, you know, the government can just get location data from that. But, like, just, like... Like, people didn't think about phones in the same way then. And so, like, just, like, Mm -hmm. answering your cell phone wasn't necessarily the immediate trigger of, like, oh, this is going to ping off of a tower and immediately give away my location sort of thing. Like, this is still the era (laughs) where, like, you can just use a payphone, a random payphone, right? Yeah. Um, This cracked me up because when you you started it, I thought you were going to say, like, answering a call from someone you didn't recognize because you just assumed it was a spam. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just cigarette smoking man being like we 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 ha- we're calling you about your man. auto warranty. <laughs> <laughs> Con- calling about your extended auto warranty. I actually got a spam voicemail a few weeks ago that was about student loan debt. So I get those a lot. They're moving on. They're like, oh, millennials don't have cars, <laughs> but they do have student loans, or or like they don't care about the car warranty, but they do care about getting their loans forgiven. Yeah. Joe Biden, get do on it. it. Get do on it, it, coward. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was the episode. And that was the end of season two. And Yay. my thoughts, well, okay. Why we picked these episodes, kind of obvious. Big, big mythology um, being <laughs> set up here. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more global and it's a lot bigger than anything we've seen so far. And mm-hmm. I really like this episode. I, I think it's really good. And I like the two parter coming up next, too. Um, yeah, I really yeah. like it. <laughs> I think it's just a lot of good stuff. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the episode? Um, not really more than I've already shared. It's actually, I think, a good season ender. Um, mm-hmm. The cliffhanger, I think, is really kind of funny and clever. I think it would have been hilarious if like, there was no more X-Files and they just like ended <laughs> with yeah. Mulder like, not <laughs> being alive. Yeah, no, I thought it was I thought it was a good episode. Yeah. I mean we've yeah. we've talked about its faults. Um its faults are yeah. pretty obvious now, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mary nineties. 
Very 90s. Yeah, I'll say that's like the other 90s cop out is just like the whole Native American plot not being like handled the greatest. Yeah, nobody would dare do that now. I yeah. Think. I assume. I hope. I hope not. I really hope not. Uh, and yeah. I, I think <laughs> I, if you are going to do something like I hope you would at least like have like Native consultants on exactly. the story like, and the production and the well, cast. They, they did. Yeah. They, they did eventually, apparently, I think. But, like, yeah, they would have, like, Native writers, obviously. Right, yeah. <laughs> At the very least. Yeah, maybe get, like, a Native director to direct the episode, you know. Mm-hmm. Really, really try to go in to make it realistic. And yeah, or even just, like, real explore and, it more than just, like, right. oh, this this document's in Navajo. <laughs> right, exactly. But, yeah, so, yeah, I, re- I really like the episode. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah. And season two as a whole, I, I really like it. I think I think the, the Monster of the Week, we didn't talk a ton about the Monster of the Week this season, but it can mm-hmm. be kind of hit or miss. Mm-hmm. But I think as, as a whole, I think this season definitely elevates more than season one. I think it really, it feels like the writers have a better grasp on what the show is or what the show can be, um, especially with Humbug, which we talked about last week. And yeah, about like really taking the show somewhere interesting. Yeah, and like letting it be this really like tonally flexible, you know, show that it, it kind of turns into be like mm-hmm. any given day, any, any any given week, you don't know what you're gonna get from the show, and and mm-hmm. I think that's really fun. So I I do really like season two. Yeah, I think I really like it. It's not the show's peak. I think the show's peak is season three through six, mm-hmm. but it is a good step towards that direction. Yeah, I um I'm I'm not as big of a fan on season two to be honest. Um it's hard for me early on not having any scully. The the mm-hmm. mythology to me I I enjoy the X Files most when it leans more comedic, when it doesn't take itself so seriously. And I think mm-hmm. because the mythology in season two needs to be more serious in order to take the show where it goes, it's a bit harder for me to enjoy. Um, but yeah. I'm really excited to get to season three and like through six. But yeah, there's just like some of my favorite things coming up. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to go more on with the show. Get on to season three. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, totally. Also, sorry, listeners, I was gone last episode. I had <laughs> yes, appendicitis. We didn't even mention. We didn't even mention <laughs> Laura's back, and then her she had appendicitis. <laughs> <laughs> I have appendicitis and my appendix is still in me. It's fine. Apparently that's it's a just, thing. It, it's just sitting there taunting you. It's just, it just is um, sensitive now. Yes. I mean, okay, so like, honestly, I feel like we covered all the best episodes of season two, but I think like Irresistible is worth watching. Uh, it can mm-hmm. be kind of frustrating, but I think it is a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Masculata is pretty good. It grosses me out. We didn't talk about it because it grosses me out too yeah. much. Yeah. I've seen uh, it though. It is it is pretty good. Yeah. Also, it's that one's funny because it has um, it stars Dean Norris from Breaking mm-hmm. Bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then of course we, we didn't talk about it because I think it's I think it's a solid okay episode. But Soft Light is actually Vince Gilligan's debut on the X Files. He was Ooh. a guest writer, and then in season three he gets promoted to like full time writer. Mm-hmm. So we will for sure in Vince season three episodes. we will talk about a Vince Gilligan episode in season three so we have that That's to look exciting. forward to yeah. yes I he is one I think he is my favorite X-Files writer yeah I can see that for you for sure yeah like Darren Morgan's great and I do absolutely love his stuff but mm-hmm. I think Vince has had more episodes he wrote and he had kind of because he did dramatic and comedic episodes so I think it's mm-hmm. a, a bit more of a mix 
that really works for it. So yeah, so that's the end of season two, and I am supremely excited to talk season three because it is my favorite season, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited to talk about it and have all y'all experience it. Yeah, and it'll be a blast. It uh, will be. I think it's it's going to be baller. Hell yeah! And if you would like to follow us on Twitter, we're Condensed Truth on Twitter. If you'd like to email us, we're condensedtruthpod at gmail.com if you have any questions or anything of the sort. And next time, we should, hopefully, (laughs) if everything goes to plan, we'll have a bonus, a little bonus episode for y'all. Hopefully, it is us watching the Simpson episode where David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson play Mulder and Scully, but on The Simpsons. And I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. I don't think I've seen, like, I've maybe seen, like, an episode of The Simpsons. Right, me too. It is very much not a cultural touchstone for me. Me either. Every time I see people making jokes about it on Twitter, I'm just like, okay, sure, whatever. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like, it's like, I know as much about The Simpsons as, like, you can for a millennial who never really watched it. Um, Yes, everything you absorb in the ether. Right, right. So I think it'll be fun. I also, I know that Leonard Nimoy is also the episode. Oh, I love Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> so it's gonna be I so think, great. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that and uh, and maybe a, a few Q and A things yeah. if anyone has any questions. Um, which if you send questions when you're hearing this, we will probably have recorded the bonus episode before that. Yeah. But you can still send questions. We can answer them at some point. So absolutely. I'm hoping like in the future between seasons we could have like a little a chiller episode just mm-hmm. to take a little breather. Mm-hmm. So yeah, never feel feel free to never be afraid to send questions. If we don't get a chance to answer them, I will email you back or something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, we'll be back with a little bonus episode. Mm-hmm. We'll change of pace for us. <laughs> but I hope everyone has a nice weekend. Yeah, and yeah, bye, bye. bye.